you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Many of us have heard the term, everybody can't go with you, right? It kind of plays with the fraternal twin of is lonely at the top. We essentially know that your kindergarten and elementary and sometimes your middle school friends, they're not going to be at the finish line with you. On your way to pursue God's given purpose for your life and assignment, literally and oftentimes the people that started with you are not going to often be the people who finish with you. And we hear that in different terms, but I just going to go ahead and say it was super mind blown when I actually seen it dissected on another level when I was reading. And I was just like, time out. Let me just stop reading, call you real quick, and let's dissect this together because there is so much in that one statement of everyone can't go with you. You know, oftentimes there's unanswered questions like, why can't they? You know, is it a clash of something that we don't know of? Is it how are you supposed to know who can come with you and who can't? Like, the statements, it's kind of vague, right? Everyone can go with you. What are you saying? I need to leave everyone that I know and start all over? Like, what is that, right? But in reading, and I'm getting ready to go to the passage that I read, I was like, ooh, I think this answers a lot of the vague question and looming questions around that statement. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So I've been finagling with the uh, reading the Bible on Acts 15, right? been kind of finagling around the acts now because it's it's getting juicy like seriously it's like reading a gossip column almost it's like did that really happen unbelievable so just to give you some backdrop this is where Saul became Paul he had the whole Damascus experience where the fish scales came off of his eyes you know he went from killing Christians to actually being a Christian and preaching the word of God so God literally just changed his whole operating system like you know he took him from android to ios listen don't argue with me okay it's it's a better upgrade in my opinion okay team apple have a nice day so now we get here where he's going around and he's preaching and he's doing the work of god and like everyone else in the bible he has certain people around him cool now let's jump right into that let's put our finger right there and pick up so acts 15 i want to start at verse 36 It says, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. 37. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. 38. But Paul disagreed strongly. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had continued with them and had not continued with them in their work. 39. The disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. 40. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Now I want to go back to 38. But Paul disagreed strongly. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Now, there is so much to unpack in this. It is so delicious. So first thing I wanted to know is, what's up with Barnabas? Why is it that you decided, you know what, forget Paul, I'm going to go ahead and go with John Mark. And I was able to find out that the correlation between Barnabas and John Mark was that they were cousins. So I was like, time out. (laughs) 
whoa there. <laughs> I, I mean, on one end, I feel you, Barnabas. Listen, John Marcus, my cousin, you're not about to come between family. Like, you see what I'm saying? Listen, Paul, you can get these hands, <laughs> but I'm not going, my cousin's coming with me. Oh, okay, you don't want him to come with me? Then we'll go ahead and separate from you, Sir Paul, and we'll go ahead and do our own thing. God bless you. Mm-hmm, God bless you. You know how you do the fake God bless you with the squinted eyes? Like, mm-hmm, yeah, bless your heart. You know, bless your heart, okay? And so I looked at that, and I said, I questioned myself. I said, um... Was Barnabas plagued with the, what I like to call title syndrome, which is where you will make decisions, even if you have hardcore proof that, you know, Paul could have been right. Listen, John Mark, your cousin, he a little flaky, bro. But was Barnabas overriding that smickle of wisdom because of the fact of, no, the title of that's my cousin. How many of you do things like that? Like seriously override what you know to be fact because of someone's title. You know your aunt and them be stealing from you when they come to your house, but that's your auntie, so you keep letting her in. You know your mother and them be putting things in your name and opening up credit cards and doing foolish things, but you keep letting them have access. You know, you know something and everyone's saying it. And you're not arguing with the fact that, listen, I know he, John Mark deserted us, but that's my cousin. Where you let title override something that you know is wisdom. Or was he plagued with um, what I like to call um, the, what family members think, right? Well, if I don't let John Mark come with us, what will my family think? Listen, I already know how that goes. Like, I literally come from a big family. My grandmother had nine kids who all had kids who all had kids. And I used to nickname them um, Channel 9 News because at the rate that uncomfortable information used to speed through the telegram of the Channel 9 News station, it was ridiculous. It was faster than the speed of light. So I could imagine if, you know, my aunt sent me out with my cousin, John Markia, okay, I'm gonna make him I'm gonna make him a girl real quick. And we go out somewhere and let me come back home. And my aunt asks, um, where's John Markia? And John Markia's talking about she left me to go with Paula. What? I can't even imagine the level of getting in trouble that would have ensued, not just from my aunt, from the whole Channel 9 news station. From my grandmother to my own mother, it just, and I would have never heard the end of it, right? Like, Thanksgiving would have never been the same. You, you know she left her for Paula, right? Like, listen, that was, that was years ago. Like, I got grandchildren now. Can, can I outlive what I did at that point? And a lot of us are held to the shackle of, but what would other people think? And then you're in between this moral sandwich of doing what's right and then doing what other people think you should do. And that is, oh, that's just, for you to be the cream filling in that cookie, in that sandwich pie, yeah, that's a little too much. And I think a lot of us will make different decisions if we weren't so connected to what, it's not even what other people will think, it's what would my family say. Like, how will I look explaining that I left John Markia for Paula? You know, what if Barnabas was really like, mm, but you don't know what kind of um, verbal lashing I'm going to get. 
Like, I know that he deserted us, but Paul, I absolutely cannot just leave him. Like, that's not going to work. Even though he went ahead and left us, I can't do that. Like, was Barnabas blinded by the whole notion of blood being thicker than water, that he forgot that purpose is more crucial than people? You see what I'm saying? Like, listen, you have to get to a point in your journey with God that you like God any means necessary you look at Abraham God told Abraham sir I need you to leave your entire household need you to take nobody with you leave everything that you knew come follow me that's what the disciples did with Jesus right Jesus found them on the job and was like sir clock out come follow me and they were like oh they didn't have no time to kind of figure out but what will my family thinking let me kind of no 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 you have to forsake people titles in certain situations in order to get what God wants you to have and let me just put a little thumbtack right there that's why a lot of us don't have what God wants us to have because we did not do what God wants us to do you knew you were supposed to be at that relationship a long time ago you spent too many Christmases New Year celebrations with said person and God is like listen I'm not giving you what I want you to have while you are in an environment that I don't want you to be in. Absolutely not. Why would God waste a blessing in a um, unflourished environment? It makes no sense to pluck a flower if you don't have nowhere to plant it, right? Because you will ultimately kill the flower. God is not about to pluck the blessing and put it in your hand for, for you to do what? To mishandle it and fumble it? No, we're not doing that. Championship minded, ma'am, sir. Like, that's where we're going with that. And I just feel like, like Barnabas, sir, what were you doing? And I know it was uncomfortable, but can you get to a place that your character is willing to override discomfort for the bigger cause? Yeah, you may have to move out of state, away from your family, but can you stop looking at what you're leaving and actually look at the potential of what you're getting ready to gain? Like, how awesome could that have been if Barnabas was like, John, Mark, like, real talk, you know I love you like a cousin because you are my cousin. Okay, great. Listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and do what God is calling me to do, but in no way or shape or form does this look like a disconnect in our cousinhood. Like, like let's be 100. You did leave us deserted, right? Okay, cool. So we can agree on that. But listen, we still rock. I just can't do purpose with you. I just can't do... I can't do my mission and my assignment with you. That doesn't change the fact that you are not still my cousin. That just changes the dynamic on who I purpose and do this journey with. Like it didn't, I don't have a criteria of who I need to do it with, but there are certain characteristics that I need to make sure that I have around me while I'm doing this. And, and, and that's how I felt like, you know, if I was to get into the mindset of a Barnabas. Now, in regards to Paul, like I have real talk. A completely different, profound, new level of respect for him. Like, he was able to identify what many people fail to do. He examined the habits of a person before he invested in a person. Like, the fact that he was able to understand what John Mark did in the past and remembered how John Mark handled, you know, their ministry on a lower scale before and was like, oh, no, Mm -mm, I'm good. 
AKA, I seen how you drove my hoopty. You're not getting in this new car with the payments on it. You can forget about it. No, 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 no. I see how you handle your children. You won't be babysitting mine. I do apologize. Oh, no. I seen how you used to be my coworker. You're definitely not going to be coming on board when I start my business. Like you, and I think a lot of people blind themselves to it. You are given a preview of how someone would handle things before you go ahead and, and go on another level. And the one thing that you can absolutely count on, no, you cannot tell the future, but what you can absolutely count on is how they, sh what they showed you in practice is how they're going to perform at the game. And so when you're looking, when you're choosing things, you know, and you're choosing people to come along with you. It's a matter of, wait a minute, let me let me see how you handled um, things in your life that were already there before I go ahead and just jump on, jump you on board to come along with me. Like, let, let's just pause real quick, right? Like, we're not going to be doing that. Because if you slow down in the decision making, especially in the realm of people, history is usually, nine times out of ten, the blueprint for future situations, especially if there was no resolve. Like when we just read that, at no point didn't John Mark say, um, excuse me, sir, I didn't abandon y'all. I, I went to the bathroom real quick. When I came back, y'all left. No, what are you talking about? I just went down to the village real quick, get some, I just hooked me up a quick turkey and cheese sandwich, lettuce, tomato, and onion. And um, by the time I came back, they, I was like, uh, Where's Paul? Where's Barney? And they were like, oh, they left. I was like, oh, I can't text y'all because in this time frame, there's no cell phones. So it was no way for me to find out where y'all going, how y'all doing it. So I just knew at some point y'all would be back here. So I just stayed here and held down the fort. Like, what's up? Like, at no point did John Mark say, let me advocate for myself because the cat, I could see, you know, how this can be portrayed, but that's not the truth. No, Buddy didn't even argue. It was like, no, I most definitely left. It was hot, so I went home. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was getting crowded, so I decided to go sit in the car real quick. Like, oh. And so what that just goes to show is even silence speaks louder for people. You know, and I don't really believe that it was a matter of I'm going to let you think what you want to think. Because literally, the Bible says, we just read that Barnabas and Paul was going back and forth so sternly. Like, it was getting sharp. You know, octaves was being raised. You know, sweat was probably coming, protruding from certain people's armpits. Like, it was getting real to the point that the only resolve was, you know what, Barnabas, Barney, okay, um, I'm not going to sit here another millisecond and try to convince you on why we shouldn't bring flaky people with us. I'm going to go ahead and do the painful deed of letting you stay with the flakes and I'm going to bring on someone who's more concrete. Now, I think the only reason why Paul had that back and forth for Barnabas is because he's seen the potential in Barnabas. You know, he was traveling with him, with, you know, and preaching the word and doing all that awesomeness. So I don't think the argument and the going back and forth was trying to just, you know, eliminate the fact that John Mark is not coming with us. I think it was the fact of Paul actually fighting for Barnabas to come with him. And I think Barnabas was just stuck on, like I said, like, I'm not leaving my cousin. You can have a nice day. And it's like, no, you need to do God's work with me and not have it where I, and again, the part about me really looking at Paul and being like, oh my goodness, he's amazing, is the fact that he forfeited losing Barnabas opposed to 
just saying, oh, okay, and letting John Mark come along and ruin the whole mission. Like, that took a lot of, like, you got to have some type of confidence behind you to do that. That is like, you know what? Cool. We would, we was doing great work before. I really wish that we can continue on. I sat here in this debate long enough. It, it seems like your mind is made up. So before I go ahead and fold on my decision, I'd rather go ahead and let you go. Whew. Listen to me. How many relationships would have been resolved with that kind of mindset? Where you come into a relationship and maybe something happened, you know, you reach a crossroad, but you let someone know, listen, these are the qualifications and the criteria for us to go ahead and move forward. You need to change your phone number. Don't care. If that is your standard and the criteria needed to move forward with you, then at no point in time should it be a, now the conversation is resolved and old buddy or miss ma'am she still has the same phone number what happened you folded you let them know "Mm, it's not really that that serious or my stance is not strong enough and I'm foldable once you let someone know that you're foldable that's probably the worst thing you could ever reveal to someone because that means that you stand for nothing what does the old saying say you stand for something or fall for anything right and you have to get to a point that you, you know, you had a little bit of Martin Luther King in you where it's like, listen, I know y'all threatening our lives, but like, I'm still marching, sir. And I don't think that anyone becomes great or finds great levels of success or anything related to without having a great firm stance in what they believe in. It, it was clear that Paul was very, very clear. It, it was no confusion. He said... <laughs> Buddy is not going with us because he deserted us, which means he flat left us. That's, that's what they said when I was younger, right? You know, yeah, he, you can't, I'm not rolling with anybody that gets to choose and pick when they want to roll. No, you're going to roll the whole way through or I'm just, I'm, we don't have to be on that level. Like you cool, but I don't, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. And so <laughs> I think what, Paul was really showing in that, like, oh, he's just so dope to me. Like, reading this, I was like, ooh. Like, I think Paul may have had a face tat. Like, I ain't even going to hold you. I think it may have, I think he may have had the original thug life tat- tatted across his stomach. Like, just possibly, right? But what was awesome was that Paul knew what we're trying to find out, like, on the way. We, we find this out in the, in the aftermath once we're dissecting the regret, right? But he knew, listen, I'm not building on shaky ground. No, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm cool. I I am not building on shaky ground, and I don't climb with f- flaky people or equipment. Like let, let let that hold you. Literally, people are instruments in our lives, and a lot of the time, things are falling apart because you building on quicksand. You building with flaky people. You build them with inconsistent characteristics around you. And I love the fact that Paul wasn't afraid to speak the truth. Like his response wasn't diluted because that's Barnabas's cousin. Sir, I don't care who that is in relation to you. I know in relation to my calling, he's not dependable. Was a clear message sent, sir. 
Oh, you didn't hear me on octave two? What happens if I, what if I go to octave five? You hear me now? Good. Do we got to do a cell phone commercial? What you, how you need to hear this? He's not going. <laughs> I don't know if he was bogarting the boat. Like, y'all not getting in? No, sir. I need you to stand back. We're going to have these words before you get on here. I do apologize. Like, how many of us would be in a different, completely different place in our lives if we had more dependable people around us? Like, think about it. Think about your childhood. Think about your mishaps. Think about all the things that you have gone through and really think to yourself, if I had someone dependable, someone who saw me, saw it through with me, someone who, you know, from the rooter to the tutor, like, yo, ground zero to, to the highest level in the building, if you had people that were around you that were more dependable, where would you be? And I think that's, Paul knew that from the beginning, like, mm-mm, I can only go as far as the people around me. So if, if I'm trying to go ahead and, you know, fly on this thing called life, I don't want anyone who's going to be creating holes because you're going to have us all fail. You know, this plane will go completely down if I allowed it. And that just spoke volumes to me. Like Paul literally taught us, I don't have to have a team, but I definitely can't have any intermittent people in this boat with me. No, as I'm sailing... I will not have anyone on this boat that gets to pick and choose when they're going to stay in. Like, ooh, it's some storms I'm leaving. Or, oh, it, it's sunny now. Can I come back? And, ooh, I'm hungry. Y'all not catching enough fish. I'm Like, you don't get to keep walking in and out. Like, this is not a revolving door. You get in the boat, you stay in the boat. And that means that you are committed that anything that happens, you stay. And if we had that kind of mindset in certain things like marriages, hmm, ma'am, sir, yeah, when you get in the boat of marriage, you're not saying for better and sunnier. Yeah, you're literally saying, I trust your character enough to journey this thing called life with you. And as long as I'm in the boat with that kind of character, I'll weather any storm with you. That is why it is so important not to, oh, we will have pretty babies together. <laughs> oh, he's so smart. No, no, no. I need you literally when you're dating, real talk. And I know we talked about it before in the dating maze conversation, but we're going to go ahead and just grope on it real quick. You know, just real quick, just go by it. Okay, great. Um, You need to be learning people's characteristics. Character is what you are being committed to. Not features, okay? Not height, okay? N not income, okay? Character. You are committing to character. I want to say that again because I feel like that's a word for one of us. Probably me because that felt great just saying it. Don't worry about the other stuff because the other stuff, it, it changes character, when he was when he was a good boyfriend, he was a good husband. When he was a good husband, he was a great father. When he was a great father, he became a great grandfather. That is just not something that you just go in Walmart and you buy it real quick. That was character sustaining throughout life. But his hair color changed. His eye color may have even, you know, when old people get old, they get the little blue ring. I don't know what that is. It's kind of weird. I've seen it too often. I'm like, why are you all of a sudden getting blue-gray eyes? Okay, great. But other things may change. Character doesn't. So that is what you're committing to when you go on this lifetime commitment with people in any sort. When you're building a business with someone, you need character. I need to be able to know who I have in my corner. 
You see what I'm saying? And so, again, another lesson that I feel like Paul taught us was don't worry about the number of people with you. Be more concerned with the character of those around you. Because Paul got more done with one other person, Silas, than he did with an entire crew. And a lot of us is feeling like, oh, I need a team, I need a team. Listen, a team will come in the future. But you can be a dynamic duo in the meantime. You see what I'm saying? That's why I always thought of life and our purpose and our journey and assignment um, as a jet. You know, when you look at jets, it's way smaller than the commercial airlines, right? And I feel like there are only a certain amount of seats in a jet. So you literally need to make sure that everyone that is occupied on this jet is assigned and aligned with your purpose in life. Because once it goes ahead and gets in the air and it takes off, it is then a detriment to your calling to try to get people off of the jet while in the air. Like literally envision that. Envision being on the ground, on the runway with the jet, right? And then let's say the jet has six seats. And you you feel person A, B, C, you know, you get all the way to fulfill all the seats. You got all the luggage and everything that is necessary for the assignment. Then you go ahead and you take off and you're cool. And now you're in the air. Now you discover some kind of thousand miles in the air. Wow, the fourth person was never supposed to be a part of us. Now you have one or two things. You absolutely cannot take them out of the plane while you're in the air because it will be a detriment to everyone else in the jet, right? You open that up, it just, like the window, it's sucking people out. It's, yeah, it's now a detriment to everyone else. Or the unfortunate of now you have to land prematurely to not swap someone out. And I feel like, again, if we just knew who we had around us, if we knew who we had around us, like challenge real quick. This is what I want to challenge you in. Do you have any John Marks in your life? People that you just allowing to keep coming with you and you know that their character is flaky. So you are actually building and climbing this mountain called life with flaky instruments. That's a detriment. But I want to show you what Paul did real quick, which we need to go ahead and make sure that we're not doing. Paul didn't badmouth Barnabas for his decision. He never mentioned John Mark before or after this conversation. It was literally a one and done, which is extremely noteworthy because Paul wrote a large portion of the New Testament. Like when I looked it up, and I think I looked it up on um, study.com, it literally said that Paul wrote about maybe 13 to 14 books in the New Testament. And you mean to tell me he did not once go ahead and just do, you know, put a little shade, just a little palm tree, not a big one, um, towards Barnabas or his cousin? Like, uh-huh, could have been you, but it was me and Silas. Like he didn't do any of that? Like, real talk, like, like, let's just, you know, it's a judgment-free phone call. Like, be honest, your petty would have been all throughout at least one of those books, right? Like, maybe nothing too crazy because, you know, it's still the Bible. But just enough for, to let it be known, like, Barney, you messed up, sir. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> Back then, y'all ain't want me. Now I'm hot, you're up on me. Like, we would have tapped into, you know, the Bishop Mike Jones real quick, right? 
I think that's just something to really like think about. Like that is amazing. So what we need to learn, including me, because sometimes I could be a little, you know, petty spaghetti, you know. And I think we just need to be more like Paul. Like be like Paul. You know, he was smart enough to know not to go alone, but wise enough to know not to take anyone untrustworthy with him. And him wasn't petty. No petty. So I need you to just remember that, if nothing at all. Like, seriously, your purpose is too important to factor in someone else's feelings. From now on, I want you to have the mindset of, because I look at everyone's calling like it's a ministry. Your assignment is your own little personal ministry. And so you need to have the mission statement of ministry over sympathy. And when you carry that, you literally can override anything that makes you go, well, that is his cousin. Well, that is. No, it's no time for well. It really isn't. So the challenge is go throughout your life and you're in a circle, the people that's journeying with you. Do you have any John Marks? Where do you need to be more like Paul? Because that is how you get to what God wants you to be. That is how you get success and accolades and all the things that are the desires in your heart. And that is how you reach new levels. You see what I'm saying? Okay. All right. So I feel like you got what you needed. So I'm going to go ahead and let you just try to find the John Mark here or the John Mark. Okay. And that's my good, good nanny says, all right. I ain't going to hold you. Oh, I'm going to call you right back, though, because I have something else I wanted to talk to you about. Wait till you hear. I'm not even going to spoil it, but just go ahead and find John Mark here. And don't have him call me. You do the hard work, okay? All right. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Later. <laughs>